Before you begin listening to the show, I just want to give you a heads up that it contains adult language and humour that some may find offensive. As usual, all opinions of guests are solely their own. Hello, I'm Damien Edwardson, one half of Art92 and the creator of the sci-fi wrestling comic, The Galaxy Grappling Alliance. And welcome to Oh Men To That, a sporadic podcast series where I talk to a selection of hand-picked guests on a diverse range of topics centred in and around the world of art, comics and all things creative. Traditionally, October is associated with Halloween, but over recent years, it's become synonymous with something else. An artistic movement where people will pick up their pens, pencils, paints every day to sketch, draw and paint. The most famous of these was Inktober. But like most things, once money gets involved and the legal wrangles begin, it loses some of its appeal to artists. That said, on the back of Inktober came lots of different variations. People putting up prompt lists based around horror, science fiction or anything you can think of. And on tonight's show, we look at one particularly of interest to myself and many people of my age and era. It's Droctober. 31 days of drawing in celebration of the galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD. So get your pens out and let the scritching commence as we look at the art of Droctober. So today I'm pleased to welcome what can be truly described as a super fan. My guest is a blogger, a podcaster, a gorilla shelf arranger and an actor. Yep, he's got an IMDB page and I've just seen it. Most importantly, though, he's a fan of the galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD. It's a big hello to John Burdis. Hello to you, Damien, and hello to all you drockers out there. <laughs> so how are you, mate? You OK? Not bad. Uh, just uh, enjoying uh, the uh, sort of all the 2080 things that are going on and all the dread sort of excitement of what may come in the future. Yeah, I know they're, um, they're building that sort of interactive dread thing in London somewhere, aren't they, I believe? And uh, yeah. I'm convinced this is probably like a bit of a dry run for the cursed earth bit. You know what I mean? We're going through at the moment, if you think about it. Surprisingly, given the situation with 2000 AD and with the, the world in general, there's still a lot of activity going on, isn't there? You know, and uh, it's, it's good for fans of the prog and the Meg like ourselves. I think with the uh, the fans, because we're, uh, we're, right, we're, not, we're nowhere near as big as DC, Marvel, mm-hmm. Doctor Who and things like that, but we're, we're a very active and rabid bunch. So, And there's quite a lot of groups on Facebook, there's a lot of chat on Twitter and the fans interact a lot with the creators so sometimes you get told a little secret that you can't reveal to anyone and it's like oh this is fantastic I can't wait for that so yeah. that just shows you how close the the fandom is so when you hear things like you're saying there about the um the uh, the sort of interactive event that's going to mm. be put into probably the Trocadero Centre probably like something like oh, that oh yeah probably yeah because that's where the alien war was in the bottom of that right uh, you, everyone's like, we saw that initially pop up, and you're like, oh, this looks, this looks fantastic. Uh, the only drawback is, will it be ready? Because uh, it was on about April, May sort of thing. But will we still be in some sort of like, not lockdown, but will be, will be in a bit where we can't sort of mix up? Because I've already had one of my mates, a uh, big fan up in the northeast, Pete Wells, is going, oh, if we're going to be in groups of five, me and you'll be in with John and Steve Green, who was like the person who <laughs> filmed Judge Mindy. So we're all choosing our little groups, thinking this will be fantastic. But if, 
if the if the period if the time comes and we have to be in the bubbles and stuff like small bubbles but not as mad as we are now will we be able to go into the event in our friends groups or I don't yeah. know. Yeah. that's that's the weird thing about that project yeah. that um rebellion have got gone into with the team behind it I mean all I mean it, it should be fantastic but it's just this current period of time which just puts a downer on the potential yeah yeah I mean you kind of just hope that it's going to run for quite a while don't you because i know sometimes these these things seem to appear and um before you know it they're, they're dismantling them again you know for various yeah. reasons so it'd be really good if this is kind of like if they've got the um the foresight to maybe have it in there for quite a while uh, they, they need to make it uh, sort of exciting for non-dread 2008 yeah. people because i went to that alien war thing with my wife and it was absolutely amazing. The, the only drawback was we'd done a lot of shopping in the day in, in, in around London, as you do. Yeah, yeah. So by the time we got to the to that location, we said, all right, okay, let's, right, tickets, right, okay, mate, where do we put our bags? Is there, like, lockers? Oh, no, you'll have to take them round with you. Oh. So, so we're running around this event with shopping bags, getting chased by aliens and colonial <laughs> marines shooting and stuff like that. And like, when we got onto this survival pod at the end and we sat, like, then other people were the same as us, sat with your shopping between your legs, it, it made a bit of a joke of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it kind of takes... It was to, really enjoyable. But that takes you out last. the moment, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it sounds good, but yeah, I can imagine it's not, not quite the same as if you've got your, your kind of, you know, your, your London memorabilia bag and stuff yeah. like that. But, but, but they, they'd really thought about that because when we got in that survival pod, you knew you knew what was going to happen because of the way it was set up. Yeah. So there's two Marines in there with you, and one was near the door, and the door didn't shut properly. <laughs> and he said to the person on the other side of the door, press that button. So the person got up, and then it was like oh, the noise, and everything kicked in correctly. The hands came on the side of the door, pushed it open a bit, the alien hands. Alien head came through. The flashing of the lights happened. Then the colonial marine behind, like further forward of the, the shuttle, yeah. they fired their weapon, the pulse rifle at it, and then it blew backwards and then the door shut. But it was so well done. Brilliant. You know what I mean? But that's that's what I want from this this uh, this Dread sort of event. Yeah, and there's such potential in there. If you look at the world of, of Dread, um, for anyone listening to this that, that is familiar with that kind of, um, you know, the canon of Dread and the world of Dread, especially, I mean, there's so much they could do. The danger is that, a bit like in the films, you know, they might try and do too much. Yeah. Because um, that's the thing that I get annoyed with sometimes when you, you go to a, a kind of like an interactive ride and they try and cram everything into it. And you think it'd be better if there was like less truly is more sometimes, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, so, but I, I think, you know, I think they'll do a good job and, it's, it's it caught everybody on the hop when they announced it, didn't it? To be honest. Oh yes. Yeah. It was you know out of the blue, and uh, everyone's still waiting for the TV show, aren't they? And, <laughs> and then this appeared, and it's like, hang on, what's going on? Anyway, you got your name down for the TV show. You've been a, a you know a mainstay of 2000 AD. Yeah, when celluloid production, shall we say, John? Do you want to talk a bit about what you've done on on that side? Oh yeah, many many years ago when I was uh, uh, traveling around uh, these smaller conventions like Bristol and things like that, I met um, Steve Stelakini and Steve Green down there, and I think I, I think I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think we were at uh, the Future Quake table where they do the Dog Breath fanzine and the um, Zajaz fanzine, yeah. and Steve had a lawgiver in a fantastic carry box 
like as if you would it's from the future type thing you were going to store it away in your ve- in, in a vehicle it was protected and everything like the foam padding and all that and it was the eagle motif on the front and we just got talking he said oh we're, we're trying to do a, a a sort of a judge dread uh fan film uh, blah blah and he told me all the information and i was just like oh i'll tell you what mate i said if you need somebody who'll just fall off a building and basically kill themselves, I'm quite happy to do that. Just let me be part of it. And that was, that was my sort of like introduction to both Steve's. Yeah. And then when it did sort of kick off, luckily with the web and all that sort of stuff, and the I think it was all in the 2004, and we went up to loads of locations around the around the country to do all the shoots and stuff. Sort of, uh, I think with Devon we went to uh, up near... Uh, Leeds, there was bits in London, there was all over the place, and it was fantastic. Um, and so we we were just the minions doing anything we could. So we had like they had some judge outfits, two judge outfits, and the very first day we did some filming up in the um, this massive plant area. There, sort of like the old factory, which all, all the, when the shootout when Judge Minty appears at the beginning of the Lawmaster yeah. and he shoots that gang, that was that location, and it was fantastic. Um, and as soon as it was like, right, okay, then, filming's finished, uh, me and another lad just ran straight to the Dread outfits to just get them on as quick as possible. <laughs> they were just full of sweat and all that from the actors who'd been wearing them. Yeah. And we just, take a picture of me, look, I'm a judge. And it was just fantastic. Yeah. And they were created by uh, Dan, who went on to be the person behind um, Planet Replicas. Right. And when he eventually got permission to do judge outfits, I said, yeah, I'll have one. And so I was like the, I had zero number on my official like certificate you get. And they were testing the leathers to see if what measurements you gave them, if when they made it into the leathers, it would fit. So I went to a proper tailor's in town and I, and I explained to him what it was about. I said, look, I'm not, I'm not here to take a make and like go and get a, a suit somewhere else. This is to get, and I showed them pictures of Judge Dredd. And one of the blokes said, oh, yeah, I like, I like Judge Dredd. I said, well, this is for me to get an outfit. And I thought, I know it's cheeky, but could you measure it properly for them? And he said, yeah, I'll do that. And so I give them the measurements. And then uh, one of the lads came to my house and I tried the leathers on and I sort of kneeled down, bent down, did all the movements and it fitted me. So I give like a two inch leeway in length. So you had that movement. Um, and that was the beginning of the judge outfits and then maybe we did like um, patrols and stuff at the cons because nobody would seen this before mm. it was like you it was honestly it was the, it was weird as anything because I remember we were at London Super Comic Con in the Excel Centre and you couldn't move for people taking pictures of you stop stop picture 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 constantly and then even when you went to the toilet you were getting stopped and it was weird. But when you took the uniform off and you were back to being just John, it was like, oh, look, nobody's interested anymore. It was really weird. Mm. And you can understand why the stars get a bit put off when they're walking down the streets. You know, that that was like just just a little bit where I was messed about as a judge and uh, with, with one of the lads. And it was just fantastic. A good laugh. It was finally we would we were being able to beat up stormtroopers you know what i mean because all you saw was stormtroopers and doctors and other things like that from all the different genres. And occasionally you'd see somebody with like a fantastic homemade judge outfit um, or other characters from 2018. But this was like, this was the best bit of kit out there. Yeah. And it, it was brilliant. Just, it, it, was it is a, a brilliant book though, isn't it? You know, I mean, it is. I mean, it's an absolute bastard to draw, you know, <laughs> but oh, yeah. it's lovely as a, as a design, as an outfit. When you see, you know, when you see people in those, those outfits, 
Um, they're amazing. I mean, they, they take your breath away. They're so good. And yeah. that whole look and feel of uh, Judge Minty. So anybody listening to this who hasn't seen the film we're talking about, um, it was a fan fan-made film um, based on a character from 2008 called Judge Minty. And it's it's really, really good. I mean, it is it's brilliantly done. And it I think it captures 2000 AD and Dread better than anything I've ever seen. I mean, you know, I like the 2012 Dread and, and you know, and some of the design elements of the Stallone Dread were good. It's just the yeah. rest of it was pants, to be honest. But it really, I just think it's a tremendous piece of work that, you know, it's really good, mate. Really good. I mean, like, like I said, I was just a tiny little cog, but I was quite happy to promote all the time, constantly yeah. do this, do this. And the, and the thing is, the the, the the team behind it, Dan, Steve, Steve, and other people, Ed, Ed, Edmund Den, who was Judge Minty, uh, proper, old, proper old school thespian actor, who I actually saw do a proper play with my wife. We went to London to see him do proper old school acting, and it was really good to see that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was those people, without them and their skills, it would have just been uh, a substandard thing, but it wasn't. It was just fantastic. And the amount of effort when you know because we're doing all this sort of stuff running around getting shot pretending we were mutants and all that sort of stuff, having a brilliant laugh uh but they've got to sit back in the old edit room and get music put on there and steve green's got to put all the effects on and then you then you you're, you're seeing little clips secretly in the special group and you're like oh this is amazing and this and this is like not even like 50 percent uh yeah. finished by the by the team and then when it when it was released, I think it was about 25, 26 minutes, whatever it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. And you're just like, oh, this is amazing. And it was so, and you just felt so proud for the, t- the for the main people who were behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were just yeah. like people messing about, just enjoying it. It was there, it was their baby. They put the money in, they put the effort in, and it was brilliant. And then they went on and did the uh, the Strontium Dog yep. Search yep. and Destroy fan film, and you could see the the leaps and bounds of their of their skills when it came to that with like the effects and things and that was another brilliant film uh and when i was uh, i saw i'm just trying to think now i think i saw both of them with john and carlos right. they, they had special screenings i think there was a screening at thor bubble i think john was at that only i'm just trying to remember because there's so many things i've been to it's yeah. trying to remember exactly who was there but john was definitely yeah john was definitely there at thor bubble because i got a picture of me and my son with him uh, but yeah, and on all late, and the praise that them two, the creators gave, is all you need. If them two say they're brilliant, yeah, that's all the team needed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're good guys, John, and, and sadly Carlos, who's no longer with us, was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I remember um, a few years ago when I was asked to do the poster for the uh, the Ice Comic Convention in Birmingham, and yeah. um, that's the one where I, I did a kind of portrait of Dread with a reflection of John and Carlos in the in the yeah. visor and. They were very extremely kind about that as well. You know, um, John was more critical than Carlos, to be honest, because Carlos <laughs> liked it. And John was like, you know, can you make him look a bit younger? You know, because I'd gone for the really grizzled. And he's like, I'm yeah. sick of everyone drawing him. He keeps getting rejuved. So I had to kind of de-age him a little bit. But no, it was a great experience. And like you say, the wonderful guys and very supportive. And and I remember being at the 40th, um, you know, that brilliant 40th event they did. A few years ago, yes. and they had some of the props from um, Strontium Dog there, didn't they? At the time, were they previewing bits of it? Yeah, it was. It was near the. It, it was in the when you came to the main door and you turned right. That's where the right. Sign, there's a specific yeah. signing area. Then there's like models and stuff like that. Yeah. 
and then they were there with the with the full outfits for Wolf, yeah. with Johnny. There was the uh, weapons there. There was all sorts of stuff, helmets, you name it. It was all there. It was fantastic, and they were letting people try it on. Which for a lot of people, the, I mean, the fortieth was like uh, it was the pinnacle of the Dreadworld uh, events of yeah. two thousand AD. And for people, because people have made a lot of effort to come there, uh, it's always good when people make the effort to come a distance to a con. You know what I mean? It's quite easy if you live in the town of a con or a city and you just go, yeah, yeah I'll pop along. But if you've got to make the effort for, say, you come from Scotland, Ireland, wherever, or other places around the world, mm-hmm. uh, and you make it there and you have everything that you've loved about 2008, you've got you've got the creators there for a start, mm-hmm. you've, you've got the team who own it, so you've got uh, Rebellion, You've got all the people who've got like the models, the posters, the people who are selling posters, yeah. uh, merchandise. You've got the team behind uh, the, the fan films, and you meet all these fans that you've only chatted to probably on the internet. Yeah. So you you yeah. know them uh, to an extent, and you know like a picture of them, but then you actually meet them, and you just it's like it's like one big family reunion. And again, yeah. I take back to the beginning when I say it's a very rabid, very small but strong fan base. And that's what it all builds up to. So everyone wants to go to these events, um, but obviously at the moment. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, sadly, we we missed Lawless this year, didn't we, because of the uh, the current situation. And obviously, you know, they've made the decision not to to hold it next year as well. Which I think, looking at the way we're going, is probably a sensible thing. Um, but when these events come back, it's going to be wonderful, isn't it? It's going to be oh, like it's... a real reunion, I think. Yeah. And um, I think your infamous Friday night out. We'll uh, be starting on Thursday at the next one, won't it? <laughs> probably, probably, yes. <laughs> Brilliant yes. stuff. You've got to laugh. I mean, that was the only con, Lawless is the only con when I've slept in in the morning. I mean, I have been absolutely out of my head. Mm. Uh, got back to bed and I've always got up the next day straight away for the con. This time, I woke up, me and Ashley in the room, Ashley beaching, and uh and I woke up and I went, oh, at the time, oh my God, the con's on. <laughs> so I just grabbed my clothes and I hadn't even washed or anything. I just ran, I said, Ashley, the con's on. And he just went, oh, oh I went no. downstairs, and, but the queue had already sort of dissipated in. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's terrible. But that just shows what a good night I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a great event, Lawless, isn't it? Or Lawgiver, as it used to be. And um, great event. I mean, we only went to the one last year. I think it's where I first met you, actually. And obviously yeah. we had a, we had a table there and it was just a lovely event. I mean, it did remind me of a micro version of the 40th, you know, because if yeah. you, in that main room, if you looked at the quality of 2000 AD legends that were in there, I mean, Jesus, you know, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? It was, a, it was just like a dream come true, you know. The, the, the thing is, again, you, you've got these, because they're living legends to us a lot. Yeah. But you've, you've got some of the old guard there, like you had Ian Gibson, you know yeah. what I mean? Who yeah. was it was so happily signing all these things and and I mean people go oh don't get behind John in a in a queue for signings because he'll just bring out loads of stuff. <laughs> no, I had all these covers for Ian to sign and all I wanted him to do was sign them and that was I was going to ha- be happy. But he told a tale of every single cover, and I felt so terrible for the people behind me because this is yeah. one of the times where I was just going oh just sign those Ian. And it was, oh, I'm doing this. And they asked me to do it in this style. And I'm like, this isn't going down well for everybody behind me. Brilliant. Well, you know what, mate? It's funny, isn't it? Because we all do that, don't we? We're all very conscious of how much time we're taking. But then when you actually get there, and I mean, especially as a lot of these these creators are so 
genuinely friendly as well. Yes. Um, you kind of you, you don't want to waste the opportunity just to have that bit of a chat with them. Um, yeah. And we, we don't mind, do we, when we're in the queue? I mean, everyone knows you're going to do it because you know you're going to do it. And as long, unless somebody takes the piss, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, only, saw, I only saw somebody take the piss once, uh, not at a 2008 event, but it was, it was in Birmingham. And mm. it was uh, Charlie Adlard. And somebody had a suitcase and it was all like first editions, multiple first editions. Right. Walking Dead stuff and things like that. And he was just like, can you sign this? Can you sign that? And in the end, I said, well, that, that's enough. I'll sign that. If you yeah. want more, then go at the back of the queue. Because he was obviously going to sell it. Yeah. You know, oh, no, yeah. Yeah. You just thought, I understand why you did it, mate. But you're you're here to do a business. And uh, that's a bit much. And then yeah. that's when certain creators say, well, after the fifth signature, I'll charge you £2 a signature. You know, depending. Yeah. I, I know Brian Bolland does after the third or something like that. He did that at um, London Super Comic Con. Right. But, uh, but yeah, if if people want to do that, they want to do that with, with the prices of the stuff. But but yeah, there's always somebody who's out to make a, a book out of it. When most people are just going, I just want to, I want a signature on this because it's my favourite cover, something like that. I want to chat and going to the sad side because 2008 is, as we know, for over 40 years old. Yeah, a lot of the creators are getting very old. Exactly. Yeah, lost a few recently. Mm. You know, I mean, Nigel Dobbin, he he mm. sadly went the other year. Uh, there was a Kickstarter for a a bench to be put on the hills on the northeast coast where he used to love to walk along. Right. Uh, and so I put some money into that, and, and they got enough money, and they're going to have a bench there. So when I do get to go home, because I'm from the northeast, yeah, yeah. I'll go on that trail and have a sit on that bench. Just, oh, that's nice. Well, it's, it's, it, and the thing is, Nigel wasn't old. You know, mm. Carlos was a shock, mm. uh, but Nigel was a shock even more because it was just like out of the blue. He was a young, youngish bloke. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have very old people in the in the, um, in the legend sort of part of 2008. And so when you get the chance to meet these people, you've got to really go for it. Yeah. You know, as a, even a, a morbid sort of thing, you have to go and see them because if you if you don't be, if you can't make it whatever for whatever reasons in the future. Then you'll go. Oh, I wish I'd done that. I mean, my, my biggest regret from uh, with Carlos is, I mean, I got loads of stuff signed by him. I had a commission done. I had a commission done with the um, the Johnny Alpha and Dread. Who's who the hell's going to miss with us? Yeah. I had my name on the Dread badge, my head and my son's head. <laughs> Brilliant. So that was my commission from him. But I look back and I just think, oh, I wish I'd had a. Ske- I, I have got a sketch, but it's on the sketch of all these Dreadheads. But I think, oh, I wish I'd got a sketch done on one of the blank covers that I've got. Yeah. But you always just think, oh, I'll see Carlos at the next the next event. I did the same thing, mate. Yeah. Um, met, met them both. First time I ever met them both um, properly was at uh, a convention in Wales got yeah. a few years back. And when I got there, it was one of those mixed conventions. I've spoken about this before where that, you know, they call them comic cons and there's like about oh, three yes. tables of comics. Yeah. And I got there and I was fighting my way through all these queues of people from TV shows I've never heard of. And they were just sat there on their own. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was like, fucking hell. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> arguably the greatest duo in British comics. Yeah. And they just sat there chatting. And I went up and I was kind of like, is this a bit of a joke? And I spent ages with them just chatting. Mm. And Carlos did a sketch. And I just, my one regret from that, and exactly what you said about it, you wish you'd done it, is he was selling pages. Um, 
Carlos. And I, I was looking, flicking through, and I thought, oh, I haven't brought enough money. And I thought, should I go and try and get some dough and come back? And I thought, no, I can't. I'll, I'll do it in the next con. I'll get yeah. something then. Yeah. And of course, you know, sod's law, didn't, never got the chance. Um, and I really regret that. Really do regret that. I should have. I should have just pulled the trigger, and of course now trying to get pages of Carlos's work is just the prices are just crazy now, aren't they? You know, I mean, I haven't got that kind of money to throw around, unfortunately. But you know, you live and learn. But I met them, had a chat with them, um, and I've obviously seen John a few times since I got to know him quite well. And they're just, they're just, you're right. You just got to take your opportunities and meet people and talk to them and yeah. tell them what they mean to you. You know, yeah. as naff as it sounds and as corny as you think you're being. You know, tell them what you think of, of how they inspired you. Because that's what I did, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I did now. I'm really I, I'm, glad I did. I'm 100% in agreeance there because um, there, there's nothing worse than for a creator to go to a con and nobody comes up to his table or people are too scared. And many years ago at Thought Bubble, uh, in the, the big hall, uh, Mick McMahon and his wife were sat at the table and there was nobody with them. And there was me, Pete Wells, and one other person. That person was, oh, that's Mick McMahon up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. should we go and see him? Oh, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Um, to, uh, no, I don't want to. So we just grabbed, I'll, I'll, I'll give the game away, but I won't say the person's name. We grabbed her by her arms and went, come <laughs> up here with us. And we went, Mick, she's a very big fan of yours. Oh, how yeah. you, blah, 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 chat. And then me and Pete just wandered off. Yeah. Now, some people, it's too... It's too it's very hard for them to sort of go. These are living gods. I don't know what I don't know what to do. And I always say, they're human like like me and you. If you if if you don't see them, it's even worse for them because they will just think, well, nobody's interested in me. Exactly. Well, yeah. Why should I go? Why should I go to another con? And you'll always look back and go, I should have went. I should have went up there because there was no queue. I could have had hours with them talking about stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's what I always say to people is just take your chance when you get it. Because you just never know, do you? No, no. And people like Mick McMahon, people like that, you know, absolute legends, aren't they? You know. Oh, oh, God. And if you get a chance to catch them and talk to them, do. You know, and, because, like you say, you may not get the chance again. Not be morbid, but you just generally... Yeah. I mean, look at the, the situation now. You know, mm. we've not had the chance to do anything this year and meet anyone. That's right. And, you know, we've lost some people, but, you know, a lot of them are still around, thankfully. But... If this carries on and carries on, they may just get to the point where they start to say, do you know what? You know, maybe it's not worth the risk of me going to an event. And, yeah. You know, so you, you, I'm completely agree. Um, anybody listening, and it's the same, not just for 2008 creators, but anybody that you admire. Yeah. And I'm a big believer that just, you know what? Get over your nerves. Go and talk to them. That, that Like you say, they're just regular people and they'll all appreciate you kind of usually telling them you know what you think of the work unless you hate the work in which case you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but no it's, it's it's right mate so just just picking up from that then so obviously you know we've we've touched on you know the the community and things like that but just very briefly what is your 2000 ad kind of history um for anyone that may not know i believe you're a prog one aren't you so you started from the very beginning uh i was 10 in 77 i used to be a paper boy and for people who aren't uh, from the UK, that means I would take the morning newspaper and deliver it to people's houses. So I would go to the paper shop, which was like a tobacconist's, a sweet shop, all rolled into one, uh, magazines and all that sort of stuff. And in the morning, about seven-ish, get my big, massive, bright orange bag, put all the newspapers in, 
and off I'd go. Well, this one day I was in there and it was called Bennett's and Mr. Bennett, he was there. And I said, Mr. Bennett, what's that What's that new comic up there? And Because he, he put them on on the shelf, but it was like behind a, a counter so you couldn't get to them. Right. It's like a comic up there. He goes, oh, it's a, oh I don't know, it's like a, a Star Wars science fiction thing. I said, <laughs> have a quick look. And so I had a quick look. I went, oh, can you put that by for me? And I'll get that with my, my money at the end of the week sort of thing. And so that's when I started. Um, and I just read it, and I remember at school there was only one other boy who I, we used to talk about 2008. Yeah. Um, and then I joined the military, uh, travelled the world, but I always managed to get 2008 because um, the the uh, the, the naffy in certain places they would get it, and if I knew if if I thought to myself, there's no way they're going to get this down there, um, I would I would get an order in it to be at Smiths. And they would put a prog away every week. I would right. pay in advance, so I'd pay like two, three months in advance, and say, "Look, I'm going on tour," and then they'd keep it for me. The only problem was they wrote—I can't remember the number. I'm sure it was three, four, three, because that was my folder that they put my comics in. Got so you. I need a little three, four, three written on—not many, but enough to annoy me. <laughs> the frogs, mm. but um, so I did that, and then when I was uh, in the Gulf, and I was with my she became my wife she was my girlfriend at the time and and um at the comic shop uh, we had a comic shop by then in the town and she she was getting me my 2008s and then the magazine started when i was out so she said oh well he'll want this as well when he gets his judge dread so when i eventually came back and there was like six months pile of progs and magazines it was like and i always joke about this it was like i'm looking at the progs and megs I'm looking at my girlfriend. <laughs> the frogs and Megs. I'm looking at my girlfriend. But I did the decent thing. <laughs> uh, and anyway, so uh, yeah, but just before people realised, I I left the frogs for later, and I went with my girlfriend. <laughs> um, and uh, and since then, the internet grew. Uh, 2004, I joined that. Uh, then there was Facebook became more more sort of like uh, quicker and more visually. So there's a few groups on there, like the 1977 to 2000 AD, the 2000 AD Megaverse, 2080 and Judge Dredd, Tat and Chad. They all have their own little foibles, yeah. you know what I mean? So, you, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the groups. There is, there's so many groups. I had to pull myself out of some because it was I was seeing the same stuff, you know what I mean? Yes. Some, like, and I thought, do you know what? These three will do me, but there's a few art groups that I'll, I'm, I'll sort of lurk in and just look at stuff. I'll, I'll comment occasionally, but they're not my main thing to go do because... I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? So I try to just pull back a little bit. Um and and so all that was like the two thousand Ds, the magazines, then there was the 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 DC versions, then there was the the Lawman of the Future, the IDWs. It was it was I mean, not all the ID the ongoing IDW story I didn't like, but the the ones that the the short runs where it was uh, British creators, or should I say two thousand eighty alumni, they were brilliant. Mm. Um, so we had all that and it was fantastic and then uh, then I started up these 2080 Southern Contingent and yep. I started that because uh, I thought well right we could all meet in London and it's like the spokes of the wheel we'll have a nice big coverage from the south that can get into London easy enough we'll, we'll, we'll find a pub nearby to Forbidden Planet which is nearby to Gosh and Orbital uh, and then we just thought right this is the pub we'll use and so we start that group 
And basically, it was for, for everybody. So all fans of 2008 Dread. Well, you, don't have to, you don't even have to read them. You just in, enjoy a bit of the social. Yeah. And so we would meet up. And you would have people there who don't go to the cons. You'd have people there who were who were quiet, but uh, and it's it's it you know you can be as loud as you want, brash as you want, quiet as you want, but you don't have to go to the the, the con is the thing that it makes it difficult for some people. Yes. So I thought, no, we'll just meet up if there's a signing on. So we do we probably do this about three or four times a year. So like free come up up day, we'll go up to London. If there's a, a 2008 signing, we'll go there, uh, and then we'll all go to the pub afterwards, and we'll be there sort of like. Um, say the signing's one o'clock, we'll start at one and we'll be still drinking like half past nine and then we'll all be trying to get our trains back. Yeah. Um, but it is fantastic. We've had people from the South Coast, we've had people come down from the Midlands, we have uh, one of the lads comes in from uh, from uh, Bristol. So it, it has been a fantastic event. I think that's been going on well over 10 years now. Yeah. And with the uh, current situation with COVID, what we did was um, I paid for like three months of uh, Zoom. Because if you go into Zoom, you only get 40 minutes or something. But if you yeah, pay... For... Yeah. So I thought, well, okay, then I'll pay for a month. We'll see how we'll go. So we did a Zoom chat every Saturday from, I think it was two till five. And we had lads from... We had lads from... Uh, two lads from Australia. We had two lads from America. Wow. Uh, and all over in between sort of thing. All over the UK. Yeah. It's fantastic. So I did that for three months. But then it came up with the summer holidays. And I said, right, well, I'm going to stop because I need to spend the time, because I only get the weekends off, so I want to spend the time with my son, because he's going to be home now. Yeah. And then Steve Ross took over from America, but he was using the um, Facebook chat, right. the, the room chat. And then Simon Belmond, the lad who lives in Bristol, he this weekend, he's bought up a month, I think. Uh, so the Zoom chat will be back on as of now. Uh, but that just shows you, and it was fantastic. We'd have, like, over a period of those three hours, you might have, like, 25 people in and out. Mm-hmm. And it was fantastic. It, you know I mean, because you've got the, 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 the lads in Australia, you're talking like it's 1 o'clock in the morning sort of thing, where they're on with us. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it, they, they put the effort in, and it's and it's fantastic, because a lot of these people... Oh, oh sorry, I missed one out. We've got a lot, one of the fans is in Greece, um, and we we might never meet these people. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll never never make us, but they 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 now have had uh, they took part in these live chats, so they've got a bit more rather than just reading us right something down thinking oh is he saying that sarcastically or, or does he mean it type yeah, of yeah. that sort of yeah. so people get the wrong wrong impression sometimes, yeah, yeah. um, but they can see us all doing it, so they 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 then get to know what our personalities are like, so that was re- that was really good that so I really enjoyed that, and I'll pop in again that Simon's doing it, but but I had to like pull back because it was like it. it, it for them, them three months, it was no problem. But because Sam was here, I just wanted to spend that time. And it was in the middle of the day, uh, and I thought, well, we want to go out for like walks and things. Uh, but I still popped in every so often. Yeah. But these are the sort of things that um, from then from that one prog, and I've said this to a few people, from that one prog, uh, the amount of people I've met, um, and it's all through that one prog. You know what I mean? Because you look at it, I wouldn't have been involved with the, the fan films. I wouldn't have gone to San Diego to meet two of the lads on the Everything Comes Back to 2008 broadcast. I met them out there. We went and did San Diego. I wouldn't I wouldn't have done that. Um, all the events around the country, all the different cons, like High X years ago, uh, Kapow, 
Enniskillen. I went Enniskillen a couple of years ago. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, look like uh, it from the pictures, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, I try to do it late at one one con, uh, a new con all the time, trying to get yeah. you know, because I've done like Bedford, Cardiff, Bristol, my local one, Demon Con, which went on for like twelve or thirteen, and then it closed down, sort of thing. The lakes, I went up to the the lakes one. That was beautiful. Yeah. I tell you, it was pouring down, but it was fantastic. It was really yeah. enjoyable. But I tried to get all the, I, and then the Enniskillen one was like another one to tick off my list to go, yep, yeah, I've done that. I can. I, I showed all the pictures, told, told people, do this. You'll love the location's fantastic. I I had a brilliant time. Mm-hmm. I had uh, I had basically stayed in my, I had an apartment. I basically stayed there, and then one night I had Ryan Brown staying there. You know, these are things that fans yeah. will, you can go, Hell, John, you had Bisley in your apartment. Yeah, because I, I had a spare room. There was two big double beds. And he was going to stay in somebody else's room on the floor type of thing. I said, well, I've got a spare bed. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, yeah, no. these things that happen, you just look back on, you just think, well, it was it was brilliant. It's all the tales, you know, they're all in the head sort of thing, whizzing around. But the, the cons are the place to go. And yes, I know it can be expensive. But even if you can go to one, one, a year and you just go right which which one just do a little bit of research see which one gets the best feedback and then just go do you know what i wouldn't mind a bit of that i wouldn't mind like like we say lawless is fantastic log in the law it's because it's full on 2008 uh it's brilliant drinking on the night before and the night of the con is brilliant the guests are fantastic and again you, you you're talking to people and you say we would never have met each other apart from this because yeah. we all live in different parts of the world. I like I say, I knew, I knew one person at school who read the comic, and that was the only person I knew. So thousands of people, you know what I mean? We've met yeah. through our, through the creative juices of Pat Mills and John Wagner and people like that. Because it's all initially, it's got to be the writing that gets the stories going. And it's 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 interesting because you just think, you know what I mean? It, it is that sort of like the ripple effect. You threw that little stone in of the prog, and it ripples out, and we all we're all the ripples. Yeah. That yeah. prog and our love. So you've got people like you, are creative. You've got your artistic talents. You love to draw the mm. stuff like you said earlier. Dread is a bugger to draw. You look at like people like Superman. Very simple, very simple artistic mm. draw. Dread, fucking hell, spend an hour on him sort of thing. You know. Oh yeah. Does. Yeah. And it's all the little creases and all the little feathers on the eagle and oh. You know, Carlos must have been laughing. He's had a funny thought, oh, this will only last a few months, but uh, yeah. be fun. And then oh, 40 odd years later, people are still going, you know. It's, tr- <laughs> it's tremendous design, as, as crackers as it is, and as much yeah. as it's a, it's a pain in the arse, it's a, it's a wonderful design. And I, I, you know, I've said this before that, you know, I draw and I, I, I'm an artist because of 2000 AD. That's the one thing that made me want to draw and draw comics and things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I read comics as a kid, but nothing made me want to draw like 2000 AD, you yeah. know. It, and I've said this to John John Wagner when I was, I was sat next to him at a con once. And, you know, he, he's a nice guy, John. You just have a very natural chat with him. You know, once yeah. you get over the fact that you sat talking to one of your heroes, do you know what I mean? That's um, it, yeah. He's just a regular guy. And um, I was telling this to him and he's like, oh, you know, it's very kind. I'm like, no, it's genuinely true, you know. Yeah. People like McMahon and Bolland and people, uh, you know, they made me want to draw. You know, and Carlos, they made me want to to practice at drawing, sit and draw, sit and draw. Yeah. And 
you know, and that's the same, I would say, for the majority of people that are probably lucky enough to be working in the prog now, you know, because yeah. I think you can always tell, I don't know about you, John, because I know you can be quite honest in your appraisal about some stuff. Yeah. I can always tell someone who's either writing or drawing within 2000 AD who is a fan of 2000 AD. Yeah. And I can, I, I can also get a sense when people are comics writers or artists, but not necessarily 2000 AD fans. I don't know. Yeah. Do you ever pick that up? In, in I, I, do you know what? I pick that up mainly on when, I don't know why they, do, I, well, I do know why they do it. When Rebellion get an American artist in and say, draw this. And I look at it and I think that's not quite mm. right. But to me, I just think they just went, oh, tick, there's one of my boxes. So when I get my CD out, I worked on 2000 AD. Yeah. Because that's associated with Alan Miller, Kevin O'Neill, people like that. So they'll go, oh, he's worked there. But then when you've done it for one episode, you know, yeah. one short story, I always get that with that instantly. You know, it's not a case of the love for the prog. It's a case of, it's a tick. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I know what you mean. You, you can see when people have, um, have grown up, say they've grown up with the first 10 years of the progs through their school life, and then they become an artist, and then they, as soon as they get, uh, the, the chance to draw for 2008, they just love it. Paul, oh, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, there's a couple of, of, of people lately. Paul Williams, I think he was picked up at Four Bubble on the yeah, uh, yeah, and it was it was fantastic to see him on Facebook when his first cover was in the shops. Yeah, it's like the, the love of it because the thing he loved, he was now part of. Yeah. And that's the best. That's I mean, especially now with the the internet age, we can we can partake in a small way of the of the enjoyment of watching them explode with excitement. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? And I mean yeah. that's one of the reasons when I go into Smiths, I do. Um, somebody else coined the term the term birdising. <laughs> yeah. I will get all the progs and line them all up, all the megs, take a few pictures, and then I'm off. I get mine obviously, and I'm off. Um, but I never did any during lockdown, apart from the big, the big 30th uh, edition, 30th anniversary of, of the magazine. Yeah. But I put my gloves on, and I laid them all out, took the picture, then I stacked them all up neatly, and put them right at the front, so they were there. Not my normal madness, but the picture was done. Because the problem is, and I, uh, I, I always think, well, I know where the prog is in the Meg. Yeah. It's right at the bottom, and you can't see it from the eye level. You've got to get down. You've got well. Who's going to go around the shop going? Well, where is my two thousand AD? Or or potentially? Oh, what shall, what shall I read? So I want to put them right up, and it's so eye catching when people go past it. Even if I've only got one person to pick it up, and all these years of me doing it, that's one more person than it, you know what I mean. And that's absolutely thing. And it gives people a laugh, and that that's the main thing. And I, yeah. and I laugh when I watch other people do them in their places. I mean, I'm lucky. I get. Uh, we get roughly 13 progs, about 15 megs, things like that. The battle, we have about 10 in there at the moment. Right. Uh, the Misty was in there the other day. I think there were seven of them. You know what I mean? So mm. it's, it's good to see all these things, but they're all at the bottom and it's up a couple of levels. So it's underneath the lip of the, the next shelf up. But yeah, so... Um, yeah, no, it's good. And like you say, you know, if, if that gets one person to pick it up and have a look at it, um, job done on it. Because... It's hard to get people to look at anything, you know, yeah. that you create these days. So, you know, you're doing your bit to keep it alive, mate. You should have rebellion. Should have you on a on a retainer. They should be sending you around the uh, 
around the country to spots where sales are down a bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> See, I have all these ideas, and I'm just thinking if I was if I wasn't working and I and I had like my own money sort of thing. So yeah. I'm not saying rich, but just thought, right, I say I don't need to work. I can just live. Mm. I would be up there. So when there was like a big political thing and they're at, uh, outside the House of Parliament, I'd have a big banner up saying, by 2000 AD. And I'd just get in the back of the news shots all the time, just waving about. I'd be doing that with 2000 AD for a laugh. You know what I mean? But uh, obviously I can't afford to do that just here on, uh, on a Saturday night at Carolyn. And I'm off to London today. What are you doing? I'm going to be like an idiot. So watch the news. You know what I mean? Or I, I thought of another thing was, you know that um, the uh, the man that's carved into the hillside with oh, the oh yeah, yeah yeah I've always thought if you got a load of thick ribbon thick red <laughs> ribbon you could do the dread M sign the visor M sign from the from the 2012 movie and put that onto his head and then you'd get somebody at the bottom of the hill take a picture then you'd all quickly quickly roll it all up that's but you've got that red ribbon on there it's things like that where you can then if it goes viral it goes viral but it's a laugh you know that, there's those are the sort of things that I have rattling around in my head all the time. You might be better off doing something linked to uh, Johnny and Wolf, because if you've seen the size of his happy stick, you know what I mean, mate? <laughs> yeah, you could change that, couldn't you? That's so easily, yeah. So yeah. we're just talking about um, kind of how 2000 AD inspires artists and writers and things like that. I mean, that, that actually leads us nicely into the real purpose of having you on the show today, which was to talk about um something that i believe you're in the second year of if i remember rightly Is oh that... yes and uh do you want to tell us a little bit about droctober yes uh it was a, a while back there uh we were just chatting on the everything comes back to 2008 broadcast like before we before we record live we have a little chat yeah. and we were just thinking like we think we should do something for october i said and i and i coined the phrase droctober a couple of years before but because i was obviously stoptober and inktober and all that yeah. but i thought yeah it's it's perfect isn't it Drock. so uh me flint and uh steve ross we were sort of just chatting away right what can we do and i said well if we do the full month i said we can't just have art every day because that be- that that becomes too much if you're constantly busting a gut to get a nice bit of artwork out. Yep. Um, so we'll interspread in, in it with stories and pictures and things like that. And then, <coughs> pardon me. And um, so we did the first year last year and it was fantastic watching it. So it was all over Twitter. It was on Instagram. It was on the Facebook groups. Uh, it, it was just a joy to behold all these people because, and we emphasised, it doesn't matter what skill level you are. If mm-hmm. you've got an idea and it's stick men, just get it on there. Just, yep. just show us because that's what we want. And there was different, there was varying skill levels, but it was fantastic to see all these these ideas. You know, I mean, I mean, we've done one this year where we've said uh, on the second day, years into the fist of dread, you can change one or both characters. Mm. So, and I've been watching them today, and it's just fantastic. I mean, you've got Fred Flintstone, so it's gears yeah. into the Fred. You've got Mr. Blobby getting punched out. You've got um. Uh, uh, one person's done here's gears <laughs> this makes me laugh just thinking of it gears into the fist of dread this is the scene from the other side so he's just basically turned the image round so yeah. even the words are back to front it was Conrad you know, wasn't it from yeah, Space Spinner it's, so, yeah. so, it's yeah. so stupid but it's so Very fun um, so, and that's what it is it's all about enjoyment and mm. just having a laugh there's no there's no um, 
uh, you must do it. You must do it. Just do what you like. That's all yeah. it's about. And like I say, last year it was brilliant. Those people had got in touch and had said it really helped them. They'd really got back into their artwork, uh, and it's really sort of brought them forward. Um, uh, and seeing the skill levels of some of the people that, who now do stuff for nineteen uh, this mm-hmm. seven seven, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic to see. And then this year we've sort of done it again this year, and we've done an overriding story. Um, and I'll read this verbatim. Uh, so it's an ongoing story, and it's put your name on a list to write a paragraph each to make the greatest dread story ever told. And it gets passed down the names, and at the end of the month, we show the thing in full. Um, now, I took this from when you go to some of the like smaller cons and you go to the pub afterwards, some you'll get a sketchbook out, and they'll say, right, we'll do a little story. So you have to sketch a panel each. Right. And, um, and then you just see how mad it goes. So you have a bit of seriousness and then absolutely bonkers. And it's all over the place. It's hilarious. So I thought, well, it would be too difficult to do an art one on, on the um, on the group. But if we do a story, we can all just do a, a short paragraph. Or if you want to make it a paragraph longer than normal, that's no problem. And we'll just see where it goes. So I did. The, I put it into two groups, uh, the Meg, uh, the Megaverse and the 1977. And we'll, and both them groups are separate. So the stories will change instantly on on the paragraph two. Really? So that's just like a, a good a good laugh. Yeah. Um, but then we've got like in this year we've got um uh, the iconic draw. It's always got to be dread first. Draw dread. But then you've got other characters. You've got um like I mentioned earlier on the gaze into the fist of dread. You change it. Then you've got uh you've got create the greatest 2080 cover ever. So that can be anything. That might have been a story already, but you thought I'll take that image out of the story and yeah. and vamp it a bit. Oh something that you've decided, you might decide, I want Dread to fight this character, which mm. he's never done, but I want that. Um, we've got uh, some old-school characters to draw, call me Kenneth, Don Oogie Apollino. Uh, then we've got uh, the, the, the normal ones, which are uh, Dread or 2008, character versus DC, uh, another one, Marvel, then Independence. So there's loads of stuff like that. Yeah. And then we've got the other ones where it's more of a, you can either draw it or you can talk it. So on the third, it's watching the judge's pouches. So we know he has a birdie, the old lie detector. We know he has steam <laughs> gas. But what else could he have in the pouches? And the thing is, and I've said this when I did the the, the, uh, the video that I did, um, who knows, a, a writer, creator, or a, sometimes an artist has comes up with their ideas when they're doing a story and they give it to the writer and the writer will put it into the story. Something that somebody comes up with, who knows, it might get used in a story. I'm not saying it will, yeah. but wouldn't it be fantastic if it, if it did? It um, be, yeah. So you've got things like that. You've also got uh, your favourite story involving yourself and anything 2008 related. So it could be like um, uh, chatting with the creator and you make him laugh about something or you show him your your um, your body of work that you've got and mm. he looks at it and he gives you some tips Hints or he surprise you, so think anything like that. Yeah. Uh, then you've got a uh, favourite picture of you taken. Uh, could be at the con signing, what holding a bit of your favourite merchandise up. Um, a little bit of spiel with that. So it's all them sort of things. So there's this there for people who, who are not artistically. Yeah. Sort of like going to torture themselves trying to do everything. But, yeah, because it is it is hard, you know. I mean, I did because. Um, 
obviously both myself and my wife are artists and um we only got back into art a few years ago kind of life got in the way we dropped it for like 20 yeah. years or so and then you know i got re- through various things i just had this desire to get back into art again and you know started drawing and stuff and we did inktober originally yeah. i've got to be careful because i might get sued for saying it you know <laughs> um but we did inktober <clears throat> and it's amazing how you you progress in that doing something every day you know and it's like anything if you if you set your mind and you do something every day by the start and the end it's incredible how much better you become however the flip side is it is incredibly stressful you know when you work full-time and you come home and obviously the rules of of inktober is that you're meant to actually draw it on the day you know i know a lot of people now preload stuff ready yeah but you're meant to actually sit and do it on the day and it's incredibly stressful it really is and that's what I like about what you've done with Droctober. You've mixed it up a little bit so that, you know, people can draw um, people. As you say, there's there's a chance to put in photographs, there's a chance to put in like more mixed media things. And it's a really good idea, John. It's a really, really good idea because people do not realise how hard it is. Even drawing stick figures every day, mate, is it yeah. can be hard, especially if you're not used to doing it, yeah. you know um so no i commend you on that and was it you that came up with the idea of mixing the themes was it you came up with all of the the uh Droctober was, list or was it a, no was it, people? it was the lads on the ecbt yeah me flint and me and flint mainly and uh mr ross a couple of things but it, it's just a case of i came up with a list of about 10 things which were um and i sent them to the other lads and then we sort of like start because i mine were like the creative things like redesign the judge uniform or upgrade the judge uniform so mine with that sort of stuff and i left the art the majority of the art stuff for flint because he's an artist yeah um, and so he came up with like some very old school characters because you don't want to be doing anderson and hershey all the time or giant things like that the main the main names yeah so a chance like you just said you're doing something different and you only improve by doing things different yes in the same character all the time yeah. Yeah, it might be. It might be the best character at the end of thirty-one days. That might be the. You look at the first one, thirty-first. Mm. It did brilliant, but you've not done any other ones. You need to, you know what I mean. So that's what I like. And again, like I say, I'm looking at the pictures that are coming up all over. I just put a hashtag drop uh, into Twitter or Facebook, and I just love seeing what I'm seeing. You have a good laugh at some of the stuff because it's so funny what they've come up with. Yeah. And that's and that's part and parcel, especially at the time we're in now. It's just it's a. Uh, it's an escape, and it's it, and I look at what people last year. A couple of people just did. Um, it was I think one of the ladies did a posted sketch every day, and it was fantastic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like a clever little idea. Oh, right, I've got I've got five minutes or whatever she or whatever long she took, post it, and it was like there we are, take a picture. It's online, brilliant, and that's that's all we want is just to see the enjoyment, and um, and again, this just shows what a nice. A group of 2080 dread world dreadheads they're all there they're all like yeah we, we want to be part of this and it'll be a good laugh you know what i mean yeah and you've got some really good um like you say old school kind of uh characters on there as well you know you, and things that you wouldn't normally think about drawing you know because yeah. we all draw dread and we all draw anderson and we all draw hershey <laughs> and you know because you do because that's what you you know and it's a good way of practicing your art and getting better but like you're saying getting don Oogie, Polino yeah. in there and and you know uh what was the other one that caught me eye? dirty frank is another one that you know you wouldn't That's think right. of doing i mean i'm looking forward to uh shako 
I mean, I was quite excited when you put Shago in the original list because I thought, hey, up, oh, there we go. That was Flint's idea, that was because of the, the typos that have been creeping into 2008. <laughs> yeah. So he said, well, we'll have Shago, but we'll call it Shago sort of thing. And I, yeah. I, and I didn't get it at first because I was like looking at the list. I said, right, you're going to have to tell me what, what on earth this is for. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's the typo thing. So we're going to have a joke. And then he was going, so if people want to do like uh, Shaco sort of like having sex with another 2000 <laughs> it's just to have a laugh you know what i mean but uh, but I, I was equally like what the hell is this <laughs> yeah. no it's brilliant it's a, it's a really good prompt list as well um and what we'll do is uh, a bit later on we'll tell people where they can go because as we record this it's only the second day of droctober so yeah. you still this will be coming out on the uh, in a couple of days so you've still got plenty of time to get involved. You can, you know, you don't have to draw all of them. You won't get told off and sent to the ISO cubes. We're not doing all 31, you know, and, and yeah, we'll put some links into where people can either join in, join, you know, join the prompt list or even just look at the art. You know, yeah. I mean, if you put hashtag Droctober into um, Google, I've just done that. And, and uh, you know, and they're all popping up there. It's great. Yeah. It's really good, mate. Really good. So, um, um, it, it, it like you say, it's a good idea, but it's not a good idea if people don't get involved and people do get involved. So it's all kudos to all the people who are putting the hard effort in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I made a list, come up with it with Flint. Uh, I'm not an artistic person, but I will come up with stories and I'll put pictures in and stuff like that. That'd be my little thing. But it's the people who, all the, or everybody else who goes, do you know what? I'm going to do that. You know, I mean, like, you, like we're saying, characters from the past, Fillmore Farrell, who was the garbage pill, the garbage king? You know what I mean? Yeah. And from like the very first couple of years, yeah. you know, people are going to be going, "Oh, what, what's that like?" So, and that will test people. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's what people put into it which gives everybody the enjoyment. It is, and it's a really good idea. And and again, you know, like you say, it comes back to that about the the 2000 AD community as well. Um, and I know we don't all get on, and I know we all sometimes we disagree, but you do. That's life, isn't it? You know, but, if we all agree. And and we disagree because we're all passionate about things, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, if we were all just in agreement and nodding dogs and we liked everything, nothing would ever improve or move on. And yeah. you know, it's important that you, you do have an honest critical appraisal sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's not this. This is about doesn't matter whether you can draw or can't draw get involved and have a laugh because you will enjoy it. You know, you will, you'll be amazed sometimes how just sitting down five minutes and sketching something out, how much enjoyment you'll get from it and put it out there. You know, the, one of the most difficult things I find um, is I, you know, it sounds daft, but I don't like putting my work out there, you know, and I I don't know many artists that do, to be honest with you, you know, yeah. Um, so I've kind of been strict this time. I thought, right, I'm, I'm only going to spend five, ten minutes on each of these um, where it's yeah. a sketch because I want it to be, you know, a genuine sketch and fresh. Yeah. I don't want to spend three weeks doing it and then pretending I've inked it on the day, you know, and all yeah. that lot. I'm going to do it as close to inked over as I can. Um, but no, it's a brilliant idea, mate. So that's, Absolutely that's, super. A bit, that's, that's a bit like a shortened down version of um, Ron Smith, isn't it? Because Ron Smith, the story is that mm. when he did a artwork he would have a bell uh, or a clock or it was an alarm when the alarm went off he was finished yeah insane that guy wasn't he, he was in absolutely his work like and he went you know, and he also just inked pages he didn't pencil them or anything like that his daughter was saying no he, he would just ink 
yeah. straight to ink and you just think, my God. But I yeah, know. you're doing a shorter version, and you're going to do 10 minutes and then boom, there, there's, the, there's the alarm, I'm finished, that's it. Yeah, it's, it's not going to look like a Ron Smith to anybody <laughs> out there. Uh, just to put that out there, you know what I mean? <laughs> Probably look more like Wolfie Smith. So uh, <laughs> let's set expectations, John. Come on. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's brilliant. So do you have any kind of um, spin-off ideas from this? Because obviously you were talking about the, the prose um, story that you're doing as well for Drop yeah. Top, which I think is a great idea as well. And I must must put my name down to do a paragraph. Um, but have you got? Has this given you any other ideas for maybe other events or other other things that you think you and the, the other guys at uh, Everything Comes Back to 2000 AD might might want to do in the future? I, I, do you know what? I, I, I don't know at the moment because um, it's it's like it, it we're still in the second year of it. But um, I don't know. We, I mean, I remember many many moons ago when um, Carlos was ill, and one of the lads from the forum, the legendary shark. He got everyone to do, because uh, this is when Carlos had one of his lungs taken out, mm. um, and he got everyone to put in uh, drawings and what Carlos meant to them, and he got it all put into a book. Mm. And the book was sent spe- specifically, I think we might have made two or three, but one was sent to Carlos, and Carlos was like overcome with emotion when mm. he got you know, I remember because he actually gave a page of artwork to uh, the legendary shark when he met him at a convention <laughs> wow as a thank you for being behind all that i mean who knows we could uh, uh, i it, it'll be just it'll, i think what will end what'll happen is one day i'll just be doing something and it'll just a, a moment will happen to me and i think ah that'd be an interesting thing to do yeah yeah but, uh, off the top of my head no i can't I'm, i can't really think of anything you know what i mean mm. Mm. yeah but like you say you never know i mean ideas kind of come out of places that you don't expect sometimes don't they you know and and, you know i mean these days with things like kickstarter and stuff where you can you know you can get things out there to to publish and get people to purchase even if the money is then going into a a charity or whatever yeah you know you've got you've got the opportunity to put things out there now that that people may want to consume and and i know Eamon on the um on the mega city book club obviously does lots of work raising funds for for cancer charities and things throughout the year and you know i mean that guy gives like hours of his life doesn't he, he, puts, to get he things puts a lot of effort he puts a lot of effort in those yeah. to get that he was behind me in the bolland queue once <laughs> oh wow but yeah he had his things and, it, and he, he takes pictures of the of the creators signing them and all that sort of stuff yeah. and he explains the reason and everything but yeah it, i mean purely for me it's all selfish i i always say that i'll sell it all eventually and the money will be used for sam and things like that for him yeah. to enjoy his life but uh but aim and it's it's everything goes to help to get to find that flipping cure for cancer you know what i mean yeah. or the variants of cancer you know what i mean it's it's a fantastic cause yeah um, and yeah he does it all he puts the footwork in well done dear. well done to him yeah, yeah, and he's a he's a great guy, Eamon, as as well, isn't he? Gen- he's one of those genuine people that, um, you know, he's he's a delight to chat to. I know you were on the uh, the podcast this past weekend as well, which was a great episode. I really enjoyed that talking about Rico Rico Dread. Oh yes, um, but um, yeah, it was uh, he's a good good fella. And if you never listened to Mega City Book Club, then you should do, especially if you're a 2000 AD fan. And I doubt you haven't, but. Um, it's a it's a really well put together professional podcast. So it's the complete opposite of this thing that I do, uh, basically. So, 
give it a listen. Definitely give is, it a listen. There's, there's plenty of space for all these podcasts because the thing is, a lot of people commute to work. So you think, wow, we commute half an hour. I can listen to half of it going there and half of it back or whatever. I mean, I, I drive for a living now. So I, mm. at the time, I've got all these different things. I'm listening to them. It's just fantastic to listen to them because, look, I mean, luckily, like I said, a very small community. So we've only we, we've only got a few, but there's just enough for me to be happy with. Yeah. You know, I would hate to be like a Star Wars fan and you've got 10,000 different podcasts. <laughs> you know, we, we know the people. We've seen the people who do these podcasts that we do. We've met them at cons. We've had a drink with them in the bar. So we know who's doing it. Yeah. So we enjoy because we're just like, yeah, I haven't seen them for a few months, but I'm listening to them every so often in my head while I'm doing my work. Brilliant. And the love that goes into all of them. Because the thing is, um, it's people don't do it uh, as like, oh, I'll just, do you know what? I just think I'll do a podcast. No, people do because they love what they do. So they, they love the um, 2008, well, 2008. So we all love 2008. Um, people say about well, the ECBT we can be a bit cruel or something but the thing is you're only cruel to the things that you love yes. you're not cruel to something else because you want the best for what you love so you sit there and you, you read it and you're like oh why have you done this yeah. you know? so you, you, you get annoyed because you love it and you just think please I want this to be better and you know, when I read the latest um, the uh, Judge Dredd magazine I mean, I, I don't like singing in stories. Mm. So I've not read the Lawless strip yet. But the Dread, I thoroughly enjoyed. Let me just, hang on, it's right under me here. So let me just get this here. So I'm not going to get the names wrong. So I've got my Dread here. So I read that, The Victim of uh, Bennett Beanie. I thought the artwork was brilliant. It was good stuff. Mm. I loved the Dread Notes, which was like the early stuff, which again, this is the stuff that is happening at the same time as the, um, the judges' uh, novellas which was started by Michael yeah. Carroll. Yeah. So that's really good there. Anderson's side of vision was fantastic. Dark Judges, continuation of the story. I won't say what happens because it would be too big a spoiler. But yeah, this was a fantastic magazine, this was. Um, and a fantastic jumping on uh, issue for people. Um, and and like I say, the only, the, the, the only time I complain is because I want it to be better. Yeah. Um, and yeah, People say, oh, but you say this, you say that. Yeah, that's why I say it. You know, I'm ex-military, so I'll always pick up military stuff. But I, but because Flint's an artist, um, he's told me a few things over the years, saying, oh, if you want to make the person, a woman look younger, you use less lines. So it'd be like yeah. one little line for a mouth. There'd be hardly anything on the cheeks, things like that. So I've learned little things from him. Yeah. Um, so I see that. But I then see uh, other things. Um, for instance... Many moons ago, I was asked by an artist if I would go to his house and wear my dread kit, and he because he was doing a two-part dread story, and he would take loads of pictures of me in, the, in my dread outfit, so then he could do the art for the strip. And I said, of course I will, in a microsecond. Uh, and so I went to his house, and there was one scene in this story where I had to aim the lawgiver at the artist from up some stairs. So I held it as I would a weapon in the military. And he went, no, 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 I need to, you need to have a one hand, John. So I left hand away, held it up. And he goes, I need you to move the weapon to your right so I can see your face. So I'm I'm like, all right, I'm learning things from the artist now, why they do these things. 
So yeah. it's a more it's not necessarily for dread a heroic pose, but you need to see his face, you need to yeah. see this, that, and the other. So I'm like, right, okay, I understand that now. So when I then see dread do these things, I don't pick it up anymore because I understand that reasoning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's in, and it was fascinating to listen to the to the to the artist tell me these things. You know what I mean? So yeah. No, it's it's fascinating that, and it is um, it is incredible how when you start doing sequential stuff, you know, the art of storytelling yeah. is difficult, um, and you've got to consider those things. You know, you've got to make sure that people can always tell who is doing what at any given point, yeah. and particularly if you think in a in a strip like Dread, where you know you can have up to you know God knows you can have thousands of judges in a single scene if you wanted to, you know, or, or if you're Ian Gibson, you probably did, um, <laughs> you know, but you've got to still be able to distinguish who people are. And it's, it's the tricks of, like you say, you know, positioning something or, you know, moving, moving a gun slightly to the right, whatever it may be. So yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? But it's good that you've, um, you've experienced that as well, because it gives you a different eye to how things are composed and put together, you know, because a lot of people miss that, you know, they just can, because this is the frustrating thing about anyone, and anyone you ask, I mean, Flint will tell you that, you know, you'll spend a disproportionate amount of time on creating a piece of art or particularly a comic strip. And the average reading for a panel is around about two and a half seconds. Yeah. You know, and it can take me like, you know, days to do a page mm. because I'll keep going back, keep going back. And I'll know that there's maybe six panels. You know, you're lucky if you've got 30 seconds worth of attention on it. Yeah. yeah. But comes down to you want to get it right you know because it's important to you and it's important that people critique things properly as well yeah you know and that's what you guys do i don't think when i've listened i don't think you've ever been unfair on anything i think often it's been refreshing to hear you guys call out some of the things where maybe the prog has lacked something or the arts lacked something or the story's been weak or whatever otherwise you know it's never going to get better is it it's never going to keep improving that's so, right I, i'm a believer in you don't rest in your laurels you don't yeah. live the past saying yeah this is 2008 yeah people keep going about the 80s with the heyday and all that but we've had fantastic strips since yeah now, my, what probably my second favorite strip well i'll tell a lie now it's probably my third now lawless is my second i just think it's fantastic lawless yeah uh, but i would say dante is my third strip it, it's right. past strontium dog and all that uh, i didn't like the ending but I loved everything that built up to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, we've had fantastic stuff all the time. But, pe- but, but people hark on, and there's nothing wrong with going on about the 80s and not the early years. But we still we have brilliant stuff now. Yeah. And I th- and I think it's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of clever stuff now as well. Um, for instance, in the um, oh god, what Scarlet Tracers. Mm. And I talked talk to Ian Edgington and uh, yeah. at their table, Thorpe, I think it was. Um, and I said, what I liked about that was they put political stuff in. Like there was one scene where a woman was hanging up some washing and there was like spacecraft fighter jets flying over in the background. Yeah. And I said, yeah, that was that was like something out of um, Iraq, Iran, Baghdad, things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you get that feel of it, but you're not shoving it down our throats where yeah. some creators would do that. And the problem with shoving it down your throat is you read it and you go, oh, for sakes, you've took me out of the story because it's like you're doing this to say, oh, down with this party or that party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand, I understand you don't like them. But if you do it cleverly, like Dan, uh, Dan Abner does in his stuff, 
or Ian Edgerton does his stuff, you know what I mean? It, that's when it's really, that's when it really works. Yeah. That's what makes you think and you just go, do you know what? The way they're treating that, that alien who's become a hero is disgraceful. Yeah. No, but it, it's it's cleverly done because all these things have happened in real life through different jobs that people have been at where there's been people there, but they've done it in such a clever way without sort of like um, saying, "Look at that." Yeah. You're yeah. bad. They good. No, that's not. I want to be. And, I want to be reading somewhere where I go. That was really clever. And it's quite funny, isn't it? Because you know, and I always get frustrated when people say, "Oh, you know." Well, they put in politics in 2008. It's like it's always been political, but it's yeah. always been yeah. done in a way, like you say, Pat Mills, as we know, John, yeah. you know, they've always done it. Ian's another one. They do it in a way that means it is political. If you read it, you know, if you read into it and you see it and you understand it, you yes. get what the same, but it never does it to detract from the story. That's right. You know, they never do it in a way that is so blatant that, you know, because you may not agree with the politics they're talking about. And, and, yeah. You know, if it's if it's something that's completely anti your beliefs, it will immediately take you out of the story, and they don't do it that way. Yeah. You know, even Pat Mills, because let's be fair, Pat, you know, Uncle Pat doesn't pull any punches, does he? Oh no! <laughs> but he's very, very, you know, he is a master at, at you know sticking the knife in and twisting it, and people don't even realise he's done yeah. it. And you know, he is absolutely a genius when it comes to those things. And you know, I love that about him. I love the fact that he is willing to you know, maybe go to places where other people won't. And you look at John, you know, the whole creation of dread and the fascist yeah. state and things, yeah. you know, but it's but he's the great sort of anti-hero, isn't he? But everybody loves him, even yeah. though he's, he should be in reality, be a right shit, yeah. you know, but it's just, it's all about the execution. You're absolutely right, mate. And, you know, I, I thought Scarlet Traces was a, was a fantastic um sort of piece of work I, I, I loved that i must admit yeah. we all heart back to the good old days and you know it's like we, you'd think there were never any bad old days would you with the with the the early days when you first read the prog for people of my age when i was reading it there was there was an it's like oh here here we go the old days we had three channels on the telly yeah we couldn't, we couldn't afford to go to the cinema apart from when there was a blockbuster on i remember yeah. going to the cinema with my mum my brother to see to see superman and to see Jaws. We, me and my brother went to see Alien by ourselves together. They're the only three films off the top of my head I can remember seeing the cinema. Uh, I obviously, went to the cinema more times than that, but they're the three main ones I remember. So there was no, not really much sci-fi on the TV, you know what I mean? Book Rogers, things like that. Yep. So when I read that prog, I read that prog. Everything was burned into my head. When I when when in one of the groups, one of uh, Dale's groups with the art the art group, and somebody will bring up a, a page of artwork that they've had, and it's from, like, Prog 25. And mm. I see it. The first panel, I know what the other panels are going to be in my head mm. because I burnt that into my memory. And the, the difference between those days and now, I have so much other stuff to do. Yes. I mean, I have got... Uh, when I look to the left of my computer now, I have all the Dread, uh, the mega collection lined up. I have the Masters of Comics. I have the Masters of British Comic Art. I have Scarlet Traces, the novel the, the, with all the different stories in. Yeah. I've not had a chance to read that yet because yeah. I've, got, I've got so much stuff to watch on the telly as well. Mm. I've got so much stuff. And, and and this sadly goes into the, the, the realm of why did kids not buy the prog? Yeah. 
there is too much stuff. I, 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 the other day I went and I looked at the list of stuff I've got recorded and I went, right, I'm up to series seven of the hundred, which I've thoroughly enjoyed. Mm. But I just went, right, I've got 10 episodes on the machine. I'm deleting them all. I'm not going to mm. watch it anymore. I did that with, I did that with the um, Green Arrow and all them ones. I got rid of them all because yeah. I just, I can't watch it anymore. I need to move on to something new. And so now I've got other things that I'm watching. But uh, I know that down the down the, the time, I will eventually delete stuff there because I can't watch it all. The only thing I've watched for a long, long period of time is Supernatural, and it ends this year, 15 right. seasons, because it's just it's just like um, floats over. But there's really good storylines, and yeah, I yeah, and yeah, and I think the person who plays Castiel would play a good dread. He has a very dreadish voice and things like right. that. But um, but yeah, so I look at all these things, and I just I can't read all and then i hear other people put on their pages i have my reading pile or to read pile which says they are exactly the same as me they've got so much other stuff to do so luckily with the prog and the meg i can read that because it's it's a lot smaller it's a lot easier um i don't read it in one sitting like i used to when i used to pick it up years ago dread would be instantly read and then i would just go through it yeah, but uh, but now I I will read the dread or at the moment I would read uh, with the magazine I would get the lawless I would read lawless first yeah so I would read whatever is my favourite story at the time but I I just think there's just so much happening that we love in our genre that we have to then decide right I can't read that but I'd love to read it I can't read this yet I can't watch that and that sadly is the way we, the world we live in compared to our decrepit old youth <laughs> years when we had nothing to do <laughs> i know well you know what they say about nostalgia don't we you know it's not what it used to be so. <laughs> but no you're right you're right we are spoiled for choice these days yeah. and i have a reading pile of things you know that i need to get through and you know i try and support other independent creators like myself yeah. so i buy a lot of things off kickstarter and things like that and self-published yeah. stuff and there's some wonderful work out there and I flick through and I think I must sit and read this. And it's just genuinely finding the time, isn't it? Life is busier, yeah. I think for everyone than it's ever been. Um, but yeah, you know, you've got to make time sometimes to just enjoy the things that, you know, you're going to get some fulfillment from and the prog and, and the magazine nine times out of 10 will do it. You know, there's the odd yeah. duffer that comes yeah. on, but you know, doesn't it always, but yeah, you're right. That's brilliant. That's been really, really interesting, John. Really, really enjoyed that. And um, it's nice to to talk to someone about 2000 AD from a different perspective, not from a, a necessarily a creator's perspective, yeah. um, but from someone who, who, like myself, has just grown up as a fan. Um, and it means so much to you, you know, like it does to me, you know. And it's, it's just one of those things that I think has, has shaped, really, who I am you know um weirdly sounds a bit corny but it's true you know it's, uh, that's great so do you want to just tell people a little bit more about we got any you got any more projects lined up any other stuff or where can people find you and and things like the everything comes back to 2080 podcast and, and website stuff like no, that come on it's podcast we don't call it podcast i do apologize <laughs> yeah, i'll cut yeah. that out <laughs> oh, keep, keep that in it's always, always good for a laugh um even them two idiots keep saying podcast i have to correct them um so with the everything comes back shouldn't to it be prog crass you know i've always called it well the thing is when it was it was pro, uh, uh, program 
before, but the first 11 issues, then it became Prog, didn't it? But yeah, we've had yeah. that debate where Flint's been saying Prog, and I'm going, mm, well, Prog, <laughs> Prog, like classic Prog, you see. It's uh, always been Prog to me, mate. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so many, many moons ago, I became like a co-host with Flint, and then Mr. Ross, he joined. We always called him Mr. Ross because it separated because Flint's called Steve and Mr. Ross is called Steve as well. But uh, so we, we, they're both in America, uh, and so we, we always record on a Monday. Um, and Flint, I think he's putting the next. Uh, we did, we did the record on Monday for the drop tour, but and we also did a, the, the latest prog. So that probably goes out this week sometime or whenever. Um, but yeah, that's out there. Just uh, it's on. Um, what, I'm trying to think what the what he puts it on. Anyway, it's on the internet somewhere. Mm. <laughs> Terrible. Just just look it's for on, it. It's on Apple Podcasts. And uh, I, I presume like this, you know, it ends up on all the main <laughs> podcast feeds. So Podbean, Apple Podcasts. I know it's definitely on Apple Podcasts, but I've listened to it. Yeah, I, I'm just going to look at my phone. So I, I get it on CastBox. Right. So I don't know. I just get everything on there sort of thing. So I get it on there. But, uh, but yeah, so we just chat about that. And we do it in a way that we... we, we it's like being in a pub, so we'll just chat about anything. We'll be what we've been doing: TV, films, documentaries, life, and then we get into the, the actual prog itself. So that's the everything comes back to 2008. The other thing that I do, which I haven't done a lot of in the last few years, but but I sort of just hover about putting new posts in, is my cellar of dread. And the yeah. latest one was uh, the latest Bolland dread badge from Planet Replicas. And I did a post about that, um, but I just haven't got the time again because the thing with the Micellar of Dread was uh, when I first started, it was like, "Whoa, let's go for it!" But I've got to do all these pictures, and the problem with the comes the winter. By the time I get up after having my sleep, it's night time. You don't always get the perfect light on the uh, light in the house, so I like to do it in daytime to get all my pictures and then crop them, get the right angles, this and the other, do me right up, get all the prices that I've got correctly. All that sort of stuff. So I have loads ready, so about ninety percent ready to go. But it's just like get that final bit to put in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so you just Google Stella of Dread, and there's loads of pictures up there of all sorts of stuff. I've done um, reports on cons as well and things like that. Um, what else do we do? Yeah, I mentioned earlier the um, 2008 Southern Contingent. There's a Facebook page. If you live anywhere near London, join it. When we get back to going out. Just make us. Mm. It's just so relaxed. Everyone is it just enjoys themselves. I mean, there's tons of pictures on there that's all messing about. Um, and that's what it's all about, in it really, you know what I mean? Um, as for the as for um anything else, I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think what con I would love to go to. Because I've done San Diego now and I've done most of the UK ones. But right. I think the biggest convention in the world is in France. Uh, and is it Lille? I think it's Lille. That's the name that's just wrapped around the end. I wouldn't mind, if it is Lille, I apologise if it isn't, but I'd like to go to that big convention. And there's also a a con over in Sweden where one of the lads who who comes across to um, the uh, lawless lawgiver, he's had people go across there before, but before it was at the same time as a con over here that I was going to. And that was that was the problem. We had a we had a period of time where there was too many cons at the same time. Yeah, there were the, there were the, the ones that you wanted to go to, and you were just like, well, well, I'm after I, I can't do that, but I can do this. 
and it was a killer. For instance, I had three cons in four weekends two years ago when I did the I did Lawless or Lawgiver at the time, mm. and Skillen, and there was another one, and it was just it was just too much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so obviously I'm away from the family because they're, they're proper weekends away cons there. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's that's basically what I'm looking forward to is just finding that next new con that and go to and see what it's like, see what the experience is. Because San Diego was completely different to anything in the UK. Even the cons in the UK that have tried to do the San Diego experience, yeah. like Kapow or LFCC, Nothing like that. It's absolute madness out there. The whole mm. city is part of it. You wouldn't even need to have a ticket to the con. Mm. Just go to the stuff that's outside in the streets. They had massive displays. They had one thing where you went in and it was the Walking Dead. You were chased around all this mm. massive set. There was another one. It was uh, it was it was King Kong film. You went in this area. There was a massive rib cage of an animal and a skull, and then there was a massive <laughs> King Kong hand that you have your picture taken inside of. Fantastic. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. I've never, I've never been to um, San Diego, but I, I must admit it's on my bucket list of things to do. Um, right, so have you ever been to Oldham Comic Con, John? Have you ever been up that way? Not not Oldham, no. That's a great con. Uh, really, really good. They had some good guests. And Den, who runs it, he had a, a couple of years ago, he had a fantastic 2000 AD lineup there. Yeah, I mean, it was a really good event. And it's free as well. It's, it's probably... I think it may be the only free, truly free yeah. convention in the country. I think you know? it was a week after a con that I'd been to, so I couldn't really do two weekends. Yeah, in it tends to fall near near um, Lawless, unfortunately. Mm. They tend to be very close. Um, but yeah. if ever you get the chance, I can recommend it to anyone listening. And, you know, it is a it is a brilliant event. So, yeah, it's worth a go if you've never been. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's good, man. It's good. Um you know, it's uh, you've traveled the world and rearranged a few uh, <laughs> news agent shelves on your way, I'm sure. So that's brilliant. So what I'll do is I'll put all those links um, into the show notes for anyone that wants to follow them. And I'll put some links to Droctober so you can find it easily. And please get involved if you haven't already, because you won't you won't regret it. It's, it's really good fun. And, yeah. and, and the easiest thing on the Droctober is if you go if you go into the, the groups like the 1977, 2008, and the Megabears. If you just go into uh, the photo section of them groups, you'll find all the pictures. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, like I say, it's a whole range of um, people involved, from people who are sort of artists to people who are just drawing and, and having a go at some art. And they're all brilliant. You know, they're all really good fun. So enjoy yeah. that. yeah. Great. Well, that's been that's been fantastic. So um, just to remind people, if you want to know a bit more about me, you can find out about me and my work at art92.com. That's all letters. So that's just art92. Um, it's the same on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we keep it all with the same handle, which is art92, because like you get to our age and you're lucky if you remember to put your pants <laughs> on in the morning. So if I've got more than one you know, account name, I can't handle it you know please take a look at those and if you've enjoyed this podcast i'm sure you have because i know i've really enjoyed talking to, to john about this stuff it's been really really interesting um you can check out previous episodes where we've had some 2080 um people on there such as ryan brown and john mccray people like that so there's there's loads of archives of, of episodes and it's available on spotify apple podcasts iHeartRadio, radio um, it's everywhere you know i mean it, it appears on podcasts I didn't even know existed, so I don't quite know how to get there, but you know, not complaining. 
subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please leave us a review because apparently that makes it easier for other people to find us in this vast Uh sea of audio entertainment and you know you can join us again next week when we'll have another guest in our art of series so i just want to thank john once again for stepping in at quite short notice to do this but you would never guess and i'd like to thank him as well for drawing up the idea if you pardon the pun for Droctober, which for any dreadheads and, and 2000 ad fans like me um is an absolute dream come true it's a it's a great effort mate and um you know thanks for coming on and and you know giving up your time i really appreciate it i've thoroughly enjoyed it cool so. cool and we'll get you on again we'll we'll you know we'll have another chat again because there's lots of uh Lots of 2000 AD related topics. So if you fancy coming back, then I'm sure we'll right. see something out in the future. That'd be yeah. great. In the meantime, I'll leave you with a quote from from the big man himself. And as Dredd said, once is a coincidence, twice is a booking offence. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye.